Alright, so let's uh, continue getting ready for Purim. You know, so uh, again, Wednesday nights over the past, uh, over a month already, we've been learning Tars of the Ishbitzer and sort of del- delving into that base measure of Ishbitzer Adzin. And uh, along the way, uh, every sheriff tried to connect it to Purim. Really, everything I've been talking about for the past probably month has been <laughs> Purim related in some way. Tonight, I wanted to sort of just really focus more on Purim uh, within the base manager of Ishbitz, but Labdafka connected to the themes that we've been talking about earlier in terms of Neshlech, but just to focus in on Purim a little bit. Uh, Purim is one of those Yom Tavim that uh, uh, it doesn't make sense. Like, you know, that's, that's what Purim is, nothing makes sense. So when you try to explain it, it, it can take you all over the place. So, um, so do the best we can. Do the best we can. It's one of those things. Every Yantav is like this, but Purim especially. It's hard to pinpoint and say, this is Purim. It's hard to do that with any particular aspect of Yiddishkeit, because everything is so interconnected with everything else. You know, it all goes back to the one God, which, who contains everything. So it's hard to pinpoint anything in Yiddishkeit and say, this is it. Purim especially, though. So we'll do the best we can to at least pinpoint a certain aspect of Purim. So it's like this. In Marmokka number one, you have in front of you. So it's, uh, let's go through a couple, a couple uh, at least one famous question that, that uh, the Mepharshim deal with when it comes to Purim. So it's a Gemara Megillah. The Gemara says on Yud Gimel Mebez, it's a famous uh, member of the Gemara, Amar Rava. Rava said, right? There was no person that knew how to speak Lashon Hara like Haman. Haman knew how to say Lashon Hara. What was the Lashon Hara of Haman? So the Gemara, Rav is darshaning the Pasuk in Megil Sesa, right? So it says that Haman says to Achashverish, Yeshnai Amecha, there is one nation scattered amongst all other nations, and it's not worth keeping them around. If, the, if it's okay with the king, I'll destroy them, and that's the Jewish people. So the Rav explains that when, when Haman said this, he wasn't just talking to Achashverish Stam, he had kavana to say Lashonar about the Jewish people, even to Hashem. And so this was the conversation. Amr lay tov nechlinu. So Haman says to Achashverish, come, let's destroy the Jewish people. Amr lay. So Achashverish responds to Haman. Again, it's not recorded in Tarshav Echsav, but this is the tradition. So Achashverish says back to Haman, Mistafinu melekov, I'm afraid of their God. That I'm afraid that their God is going to do to me what he did to their previous, their earlier enemies, Para and so on. So Amr lay, and this is the Lashonar. So Haman says to Achashverish, the Jewish people are not going to earn the protection of their God. They, their mitzvahs, the fulfillment of their mitzvahs, are done in a sleepful way. They're asleep from the mitzvahs. That's yeshna mechad, yashin, from the word of yashin, they're asleep. They're asleep. And that wasn't just something that he said to Achashverosh that had a, a major effect in Shemayim as well. This was a kitrig. This is Amolek in the embodiment of Haman uh, prosecuting against the Jewish people in Shemayim as well. And Haman is just the mouthpiece of that. And so there was a huge prosecution against the Jewish people in terms of the fact that our Yiddishkeit was, was, was asleep. It was, uh, it was, it was full of uh, slumber. It was, not, it was not with life. It was not with life. And so that caused the terrible decree of Haman. Okay, so Baruch Hashem, things work out for the best. So you would think our celebration of Purim would be avoiding sleepfulness at all costs, right? Because sleepfulness is what caused the problem of Haman. So clearly, so it must be that the salvation of Haman came with some uh, Malach and Shemayim defending us by saying, no, 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 they're taka awake. And so it would make sense that our response, our celebration of Purim would be like Shua, so we stay up all night or something. 
Well, what's interesting is, as we all know, in Marmokka number two, the Gemara says in Megillah, one of the, again, one of the strange halachas of Perm is, Mordechai, you have to drink until you don't know between Haman and Mordechai. So the Shulchan Aruch passes like that. In Marmokka number two, the Shulchan Aruch in Tafresh Tzadi Hei, in Sif Beis. So the Shulchan Aruch says, he quotes the Gemara, that a person is obligated to, uh, to drink on Purim, until you don't know the difference. Haga comes the Ramah for Ashkenazim, and the Ramah says, There are those that say, One does not have to drink that much, Mamish, where you uh, lose everything, you don't know between Haman and Mordechai. Number two, Rather, all it means is drink more than you're accustomed to. And you'll go to sleep or you'll fall asleep. When we touch the and when you're asleep, any day, when you're asleep, you're unconscious, you don't know the difference between Haman and Mordechai. Okay? So, which means, and again, this is something the Ramah is not making this up, it comes from earlier sources, but the Ramah is revealing to us that the way that one fulfills the mitzvah of Adlo Yoda is what? Is dafka by going to sleep. Right, so here's the Pella. If sleepfulness is, was the prosecution against the Jewish people, that was Haman's Lashon Hara, then that, so ironically, that's dafka the way how you fulfill the, the Iker Mitzvah Purim, which is Simcha. That's how you fulfill it, by being asleep. Chert should be the opposite. We should avoid it at all costs. So it must be, and this is just without explaining, but it must be, that the Chiddush of Purim, this is really the Chiddush of Purim, the Venahapich of Purim is, that the very same thing that Haman was using as a prosecution against us is itself becomes the way how not only we survive his prosecution, Adarabah, that becomes the source of our pride. So whatever the issue was, that hum, whatever it means to be asleep, that's dafka the Indian of, uh, of our salvation and dafka our, our simcha v'yantif. Okay, so you have to figure that out exactly. Okay, fine. So we'll get back to that. Okay, there's a, uh, we're going to learn a, a piece of Gemara about Metzir right now. It was complete, it was, it, initially it would seem to be completely unrelated to Parm, but that's... Uh, so it goes sometimes. So there's a Gemara Metziah and Daf Ayin Zayin in the base. It's a halacha. The Gemara says like this: Amar Rava. It's interesting. The same, the same uh, member. It's the same Rava, Bala Memra. For Amar Rava, Rava said the following halacha: Hayman de Oisve Meazuzu lechavre. So you have two people. One person, let's say Ruvain, lends a hundred dollars, hundred zuz, hundred dollars to Shimon. Yeah. Upare. Now, so Ruvain lends, uh, takes a crisp hundred dollar bill. Gives it to his friend Shimon, and 30 days pay me back. Comes 30 days, so Reuven is expecting maybe not a crisp $100 bill, maybe 250s or whatever, but something normal to pay it back like that. But instead, Shimon decides he's going to pay it back penny by penny. He's going to pay the full $100, but penny by penny. All right? So says the Gemara. So again, person lends another person $100, and gets paid back literally penny by penny. So instead of normal uh, $100, whatever, it's like literally a bag of pennies. Or even, even then, it's like every day he's getting a, another envelope in the mail with a penny inside. Something like that. So says Rava, Puroin have There's nothing that Ruven can go to court and say he's not paying me back. Uh, technically, that's $100. It's just $100 in pennies. Ella de Isle Terumiskabe. Mercy is a chiddish. It's such an idea that Ruven, the, the lender, doesn't have any legal claim against the borrower. He's getting paid back $100 just in pennies. But there's such a thing that Ruvain has the right to have tarumas. Tarumas means a complaint, a little bit upset. Ruvain is allowed to be upset. He can't do anything about it, 
but he has the right to have tarumis. That's what tarumis means. In halacha, we find this in a few places. This is just one of the examples of it, that you know, there, there's such a thing as a claim, right? If uh, one Jew can have a claim against another Jew to bring him to court, to uh, use the, the court system to force something, that's called a taina. That's called a taina in halacha. And then there's something else. The guy doesn't have a taina. Reuven doesn't have any taina against Shimon. There's nothing. Shimon's technically doing everything fine. He's paying back $100. But he has tarumis. Tarumis means... I don't like Shimon as much as I used to. That's Tarumas. So says the Gemara, this like Tarumas Gavei, Ruvain has Tarumas as some sort of, uh, I don't know what the word, that's right, what's the word in English, Tarumas? Huh? We'll just, okay, you know what Tarumas means now. Tarumas. It's Tarumas. The guy's Tarumas against him. The Amr lay, but why? Because Ruvain could say, I've said, didn't mean like, Lamaisa, that's a half set. I don't want a hundred, uh, I don't want uh, 10,000 pennies, whatever it is. Like, I, I want, uh, I want uh, the money in a normal way. That's Tarumas. Now, by the way, the Chavetz Chaim and, and Sefer Avas Chesed, he talks about this. He says this Tarumas that Ruvain has, this uh, t- complaint, whatever it is, that he has against Shimon, does have some practical nafkumina. The Chavetz Chaim says, you know, there's a mitzvah in the Torah that if, if you're able to, if someone asks for a loan, in Kes of Talvasami, there's a mitzvah, there's a chiv, if you're able to, to loan money to another Jew, obviously without ribbis, if you're able to. It's not just a nice thing, it's a chiv. So the Chavetz Chaim says, if this guy tells you, when he's borrowing $100, by the way, I'm going to pay you back in pennies. But be, because of this halacha that you could have tarumas against such a thing, that means you're not mechayv to lend him the money. All right? So again, you can't go to court and say that this is incorrect to pay back in such a way. It's tarumas. Okay, fine. So you know, everything in Tyra is this halacha, and then there's the pnimis of it. So we're introduced, Rav is introducing us this idea that there's two levels of... Um, of of, 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 of upsetness, of being bothered against another year. There's a taina, where it's like the guy did something really wrong, where he's not doing what he's supposed to do, and I could take him to court. That's called the taina. But Rav is introducing us to a more subtle level. The guy didn't do anything wrong. Tarumas. Tarumas. So we have a teaching from the Saidi Sharm, Vizritzer's grandson, Rabgeshen Henech of Radzin. The Saidi Sharm has a tar from his grandfather that this is not just between people, there's such a thing as a taina versus Tarumas, so too in Shemayim. Whenever there's prosecution against the Jewish people, sometimes the prosecution against the Jewish people or against the person individually, is what? Sometimes there's a taina, that the sudden, whatever it is, has a taina against this Jew. He brings a taina against the Rabbani Shalom against this person. And sometimes it's not a taina, sometimes it's Tarumas. So I mean, so take a look. So the Sadi Sharm, this is in, on Purim, the eighth piece in, uh, in Purim. Ksiv. It says in Pasuk, this is Parsha, this is Shabbos, this is Parsha Zohar. It says, Reish is Goyim HaMolek, V'achrisai Adi Ovid, right? So it says in Pasuk, Goyim is, Reish is Goyim, the beginning, the origin of all nations is HaMolek, and its end is obliteration, right? That's HaMolek, so it's the beginning of all nations, and its end is uh, to be destroyed. Bir B'zeh Adoni Zekini Marei Vravi, Zetzal. So he says in the name of his grandfather, the Meishilach, Reish is Goyim HaMolek. What does it mean, Reish is Goyim HaMolek? It doesn't mean that literally Amalek was the first of all nations. But it means as follows. Hainu. Kitrug mi Amalek mitsyasev neged ha'adam tekev bahaschala kol oit she'ena dain al-adam el tarumas. Said the Yishbetzer that in Shemayim every nation isn't just a nation down here. They have their reflection and their 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 enlivened by ministering angel by what's going on in Shemayim. So there's, the, there's what the 70 nations mean in Shemaim, then there's Reish's Gaim Amalek. The 70 nations, each nation represents a particular 
ra, a particular uh, evil in the world. Uh, and when the Jew, chas v'shalom, does something bad, does an evil, does an aver, chas v'shalom, then its corresponding nation that represents that avera, that problem, comes to Rabbanishim with a taina. The taina is, Pliny ben Pliny did something wrong, and he deserves chas v'shalom, whatever he deserves, right? So, uh, you know, uh, every nation has its own uh, Indian, right? Everyone knows the Gemara says that when the Rabbanishim offered the Torah to the, to the nations of the world, each one said, what does it say, right? And Hashem said, whatever whatever is that like that nation's Indian, so that's every nation has their Avera. So if a Jew, God forbid, commits such an Avera, so there's a taina that the Malachi Asharis of that nation bring against Hashem, there's a prosecution. But then there's something that's called Reish's Gaim Malik. Reish's Gaim said the Ishbitzer is a prosecution that is evoked against a Jew before he does anything wrong. So there's no taina. There's no taina. But, so, so, but there's tarumas. This Tarumas. The Amalek is, awakens on high a Tarumas against the Jew. Not a Taina, but Tarumas. What does that mean? So he says like this. This is hinted to this Indian of Amalek. This is an amazing thing because that means Amalek in Shemayim is both terribly scary, but also not as difficult as the other nations. In other words... The, the prosecution that Amalek is able to evoke and bring up by the Rabbanu Shalom is not so strong, technically speaking. It's not a taina. It's not a taina. Uh, but yet, it's the beginning. It comes before an Avera. So even before you do anything wrong, technically, there's already a tarumas against you. So if Ramza says the Gemara, the Ishmael said this is into in the Gemara Chulin. There's a Gemara Chulin which talks about in Halacha, Naktinan Andrew Jerusalem we find this in Chazal, Rashi already famously says that a Moloch is compared to a dog, right? Jewish people are attacked by a Moloch right after left Mitzrayim. Chazal compared it to a dog biting. So Chazal, so a Moloch is compared to a dog. The Gemara says in Chulin that as opposed to other much more vicious, powerful, wild animals, there's something that's called Drisa. Drisa means if uh, a lion or, you know, something, uh, a serious animal like that, even by the swipe of its paw, and if it scratch, not more than a scratch, if it really, you know, gives a good zets with its paw, that already uh, could cause an animal to be a trafer, that could cause an animal to be on its last legs, just without a bite, just with a, just with a pound, with a swipe of its paw. Says the Gemara, a dog doesn't have that kayak. If a dog scratches with its, uh, with its paws, it's, it could injure, but it's not going to cause an animal to be a trafer. That's the Gemara says, Naktina ain't Jerusalem kalif. A kalif doesn't have that kayak. Which means, and this is hinting to Hainu, that the prosecution that a Molik brings against the Jew or against the Jewish people is not as strong as the other nations of the world. Because the other nations are coming once there's already an Avera, and now there's a real Taina. But a Molik is coming, with, he, a Molik is able to evoke and to awaken Tarumas, but not a Taina. So he explains. The prosecution that's evoked by other nations, who rak b'makim shabayim b'tayne chazaka. That's already when there's a strong taina against this person. La'achar sheyotza chet chasasham b'poyel, which means once an aver was actually committed, so a person, God forbid, does something wrong, and that avera is somehow connected to that particular nation. Oh, so now that particular nation, shemaim, is ma'ira a real taina against that Jew. Aval molek who ma'ira racious hasata lechet b'leiv ha'adam. But a molek, already, the Indian of a molek is to evoke in Shemayim a prosecution against a Jew over the very fact that they're tempted and they're capable of sinning. That's the Nakuda. 
Once a person actually goes through Gashmur with an Avera, that's out of Amalek's range. Then, then there's other nations of Amalek. But Reish's Gaim Amalek is a taina, is, a, is a, not a, taina, a tarumis that Amalek evokes on high, which is over the very fact of what type of person is that, that they're even, even thinking of doing such an Avera, and that they're capable of doing such an Avera, and they're drawn to do such an Avera. Whereas Amalek, the inner of Amalek is to awaken a, a negativity towards the Jew over the very fact that you have an innate chesaron. That you have an innate chesaron that even allows you, or more than that, and draws you to do something wrong. Once you actually did something wrong, so there's two, no, there's just two separate things. There's an actual Avera, okay? There's, a, there's an act that was terrible, okay? But then there's what does the Avera say about you as a person? that you did such a thing, that you were capable of doing such a thing. The other nations of the world, their inyan, they have a kayak of bringing tainas against their Shalom once there's an actual Havera. And that Havera is a Dovera, it's a terrible thing, and that's a, that's a taina. Amalek doesn't do that. Amalek's inyan is to evoke a, taina, a tarumas against, against that Jew in, in what type of person are you that you were capable of that and that you were drawn to such a thing, even before that Havera was done. The very thought that you're thinking about, contemplating it, desiring it, dreaming about it, that, that's already Amalek's in you. So on the one hand, that's not as severe, because Lamaisi didn't do anything yet. But when it's not it pierces to the very core of who you are, because like it's, it's, it's about you as a person, who are you? This is the racist Gaim Amalek. That's what he says. And this is already before the person actually carries out, God forbid, the Aver. Where it's, there's, no, there's no tain against the person. There's no actual, you know, it, it, there's nothing to actually claim against this person. Rak tarumis. Shaliboy enazach venaki. The tarumis is that Amalek evokes this, this breakdown in shalom bias. You know, it's, uh, it's similar to what you have in the parasha when Amalek attacks the Jewish people and we leave Mitzrayim. If you think about it, 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 it it's a very funny thing. Amalek attacks us after Mitzrayim, right? And, and what happens? Like, okay, we, we, we get through it, right? Yeshua Benon is sent by Moshe Rabbeinu to, to what you call it, to fight against Amalek. And Baruch Hashem, we're Matzliach. Yeshua weakens the whole nation. They're hobbling back. And then we move on. We get to Harasina. There was no, if you think about it, like, what's the big interruption? But because of this, Rabbi Mishra's mamish, like, he can't stand Amalek. The very thought of Amalek, he has to wipe out Amalek. What, 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 they, what they accomplished already, like, what, what was done? The answer is, what Amalek did was shter shalom bias between the Jewish people and the Rabbani Shalom. It's like that, that now all of a sudden, because of Amalek, God forbid, there's a possibility of the Rabbani Shalom looking at a Jew and Bezim Shalom looking at a Jew and a Jew looking at themselves is like, like there's something inherently wrong with me. And I, and I see that. I didn't know that because of what I'm capable of and what I'm drawn to. And that's something that... Uh, that, that eats at the person. And that's the tarumis that Amalek is able to, to awaken. That's Reish's Gaim Amalek. So he says, That's called the Klip of Amalek, Shinikra Kelev. That's compared to the dog. That is scary, but it doesn't have the Kayach of Drisa like another wild animal. And it's able to bark in its Kitrik. So, in the one hand, it's not as strong as the other nations, but it's, but it's, but it's, it's deeper and, it's, and, it's, and it comes at the beginning. That's what the Israel says to us. Ubir inin. So now Rav Gershon Hanachal explains a little bit more in depth what's going on over here. Ubir inin. Ki b'chol chet yesh gimel hasatas. This, you know, I, I cut out a few pieces over here that's more al pikabola, but 
the Radziner said like this, with every, God forbid, with every sin, Yesh Gimel has sought this, there's three, uh, there's, a, there's a three-stage process in, prosec- in what's going on in Shemayim at that time. And let's understand, he's going to be describing this, what's going on in Shemayim, but what's going on in Shemayim is also what's going on in your heart, inside yourself. So it's not a matter of only worrying about the, there's a tribunal up there and they're investigating your case. What's going on in Shemayim makes its way down into our own Saki. Okay? And so the Kitschuk of Amalek is not, as we'll see in a second, is not only a matter of in Shemayim there's a time that there's Tarumas against you. It means down, down here there's Tarumas against yourself, that you look at yourself as like a nice farf and, and so on that's uh, because of the very fact that you have an Nechisarin even before you did anything about it, but I the, the, there's, a, there's a deficiency within, within, within my personality in the fact that I'm capable of these things. And you have tarumas against yourself. There's a certain lack of, of self-confidence and a, and a lack of obviously stroll to yourself because of this ending. That's an amolik. And that's just a reflection of what's going on in Shemayim. So said the Yishbets are like this. There's three madrekas. There's three steps. What's the first? The beginning. When a person even has a, has a thought of doing something wrong and a real... He's, 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 he's struggling within himself to do it or not to do it. So, Kiresh HaSat at the beginning is It's a very, very subtle kitchen. Again, it's a subtle tarumas that Amalek does. It's so, much, it's so subtle that a person at the time, at the moment, might not even realize how destructive that inner tarumas is. If you think about it, it's interesting. When it comes to Purim, both regular Purim and Shushan Purim, the day is celebrated the day after the miracle, right? On the, outside of like walled cities, we celebrate Purim on the 14th. Why? Because on the 13th, that's when they had the victory over their enemies. And Shushan Purim is celebrated on the 15th because for walled cities like Shushan, their victory was on the 14th. So it's always a day late, right? It's an interesting thing. Why not the day of... So Mar says, Yom Gimel's Yom Kalakalhi, there is some level of celebration on the day of, but the Ikra Purim, for each city, whatever it was, it's the day after the miracle. See, in, in, in Radzin it's taught, the reason is, is because the miracle of Purim, which is uprooting and, you know, dealing with this tarumis of Amalek, is so subtle, that at the time you might even realize, you might even feel, what's going, you might not realize the danger that you're in when there's a tarumis. Looking back, like, whoa, I, I, you know, I dodged a real big bullet over there. But the day of, you might not even appreciate what's going on. So Amolik is, again, this, this tarumis that a person feels, is, as he says, is, is a very deep place. And again, there's no taina against this person. He didn't do anything wrong. And what's the tarumis that a person feels against, the, against themselves? That their heart is unclean, is unpure, is unpure that there's a, there's a hole inside of myself. There's something missing in my life, clearly. Again, that's Amalek. That's the beginning. That's Rashi's going. Okay. And then there is stage two. What's stage two? That's when it's not just an urge or a desire, a havamina, which brings tarumas. Now there's an actual aver that's being committed, and now there's a serious taina. Now there's like black and white. There's actual evidence against the. He's doing something wrong, right? And the moment of sinning, the person is enjoying the Avera, obviously, because otherwise, why would you do it? So there's some level of enjoyment over there. Then there's already a prosecution from one of the 70 nations, whatever Avera that happens to be. That's already, already a strong Taina. 
So, that's, so it starts with a Molik, and then it leads to the 70 nations. But then it's interesting, this is the Ishmael did not say, but Gershon Hanach is adding. And then there's what? Then there's a third, a third level, a third stage in, in there being a prosecution against yourself within yourself and in Shemayim. Shoida Pamana Malik, which is also from Amalek. So Amalek begins, Rachel Gamalik, Bachrisa De Oivid, and Amalek ends. What's the final? Hu Bagamar. That's already after the Aver is done. Kasher Nimshach Vinifsak Nachet. The Aver was taking it was it was finished already. Kolatam. There's no enjoyment anymore. Now you're just full of regret. And then all that's remaining is just really the memory of the sin. That is trying to, uh, you know, uh, uh, overtake you and to bring you down. In other words, the, what, in, what starts off when Amalek comes with Tarumis, and again, the Tarumis is not about the sin, it's about what does it say about you. That reemerges when the sin is over. Because once the sin is over and there's, and there's no actual Avera being done, then Amalek says, and you know, and, 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 and now you know what I was talking about, right? It's reinforced. The fact that, you know, I, I was telling you, I was whispering in your ear that you're a nobody, that you have this inherent chasar and, and you're a low person and God doesn't love you, doesn't want you. You see? You see? And then all of a sudden, that tarumis of Amalek now is louder and it's more clear. And now Amalek uses that as a way to stop you from doing tshuva and from committing mitzvahs and going, going further in life with mitzvahs. Because now, all of a sudden, you have been stamped in a very clear and obvious way as someone that's deficient. The bark becomes the bite. Exactly, exactly. And then the dog begins to bite, the bite. And then once it's, that could be a serious problem. So what starts off as, to, so, so this, this is what, you know, the Balshanta very, there's a famous uh, term from the Balshanta. The Balsham said that very often, sometimes the Yitzhar just gets the person to do, to do an Avera, not for the Avera. Really, it's to get the person to then feel so completely broken over the fact that they did that vera that just the rest of the day is ruined. So it's not it, it, that that's a that's an amolik that that's coming from the perspective of amolik. When amolik initially is instigating this whole inyan of tarumas, it's not really about that vera. It's what gets you. It, it's it's the vera then is proof that amolik will use post facto to prove the fact that oh you see the tarumas was correct, and then your whole day is shot, and who knows what's going to be after that. So that's the final stage. So Reish is going Amalek, and really Amalek's been running through the whole thing. So in the beginning it's uh, Paras and it's Madai and it's Yavan and it's uh, France, whatever it is. It, really, it's, it, it's, it always was Amalek, it ends up being Amalek. That's the beginning and the end of it. So he says, <clears throat> That's the meaning of the, the, the end is absolute obliteration. Not only does that mean that Amalek's end will be destroyed, that's what Amalek is trying to do. Amalek then reemerges at the end of the story, trying to obliterate you. Right? Amalek stands at the very end. To inject weakness and, and, uh, and, 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 a, and a sickness even in the heart. To make the person feel that, that tshuva has been removed from them, that they're not capable of doing tshuva. Again, reinforcing the tarumas that started with. So again, this is the idea that even though at the time the tarumas was very subtle, very, very subtle, so much almost unnoticed at the time, but after anything is said and done, looking back, the tarumas was the most dangerous thing in the world. Because if you bought into that, then everything is destroyed. Like I, like I mentioned, perm is a celebration the day after when you have perspective and realize what, you, what type of bullet you just dodged. So this is, this is, this is Amalek.
It's Reish's Goyim Imolim. That's the Chiddush of Tarumas. Okay, this is all hinted to, by the way, in the, the Lashon Har of Haman, right? We started with Haman's Lashon Har is that they're sleeping from mitzvahs. Sleep, in the Svarmak Lashem, always means a vacuum. It always means a chasarin. It means a person is, has a consciousness, right? The Nisham is filling your body completely. What happens when you go to sleep? So at least a percentage of the neshama, whatever, goes to Shemaim. And what's left behind used to be complete, but now there's a hole in it. In other words, sleepfulness always represents, it always is a symbol of there being a chasarin, something missing. It's the 60th of death, right? Something missing. And this is something we find throughout Ishbitzer Svarim, which is, and it, start, and it starts off as if it's giving credence to Hamalek and giving, and giving room for this tarumas. But Nishbitz were taught an idea, which is that it doesn't matter what type of tzaddik you are, you could be the biggest tzaddik in the world. Every single person, at the end of the day, when you peel back all the layers, has an inherent chesarin. There is some chesarin in your personality, in your avadis Hashem, something. There is that emptiness. And in Nishbitz were taught, Amolek, it's just like a dog. Dogs are known for their sense of smell, yeah? So the, the dog of Amolek is able to hone in on what your chasarin is and bring that out. Mishmet just said that also regarding the Pasuk. We know the source of Haman goes back to the Nachash, right? The Nachash, which brought death to the world. Haman is trying to just follow up with that. So the Ishmael said taught, it's all Torah that uh, he says in Parshish Bracious, that uh, when all of a sudden Adam and Chavah are in Gan Eden, and they have a comment, the Rabbanishim is talking to them. The Rabbanishim says to them, eat from all the trees, don't even think it's a The Nachash wasn't there. That's a conversation between, I mean, now it's recorded in Chumash, but that was a conversation with the Rabbanishim and them. All of a sudden, the Nachash shows up. He's like, the Rabbanishim say anything to you about something over here that maybe you shouldn't do? How, why would the Nachash even think such a thing? The answer is because that's Amalek. Amalek has the sixth sense of finding your chasar. And bringing it out, and, fo- and, and, and bringing your attention to it, and making you focus on it. Everyone has their chasan. There's a whole Torah like this from the Ishvitzer at the end. The, 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 the last mitzvah that we have in Chumash, in, um, in, uh, in Parshas Ve'elach, uh, the Pasuk talks about the mitzvah Hakel, right? That there's a mitzvah, Matzi, on Chalmite Sukkis, the year after Shemitah, for everyone to get together, men, women, and children, to have uh, the king lanes from Sefer Dvarim. It's all mitzvah Hakel. It's not for now, what, why this is related to Hakel. But it says in Pasuk over there, Vayelech Moshe, then Moshe went, and the Rebbe told him the mitzvah of Hakel. So the Ishmael says, Chazal already asked, what's where did he go? Like, where is he going? So the Ishmael says, Vayelech Moshe means Moshe was pacing. It wasn't going anywhere. It's like people that are nervous and they're thinking about something, they pace. So where are you going? Nowhere, I'm just, I'm just walking. Vayelech Moshe, he's just going. What's bothering him? So this was just said that what was bothering Moshe Rabbeinu is that he just received 612 mitzvahs. And every single mitzvah is, filling, is bringing a person to a level of completion. But Moshe was bothered with, but I know there's that chesar. There is that chesar. And the question is, with all the mitzvahs that I've received, it's not fixing that chesar. I haven't received anything to fix that chesar. So this was just says that the mitzvah of hakel somehow is to alleviate that chesar or to give hope that despite that deficiency that you have just being a human being, there's still hope for you. That's what the mitzvah is. Men, women, and children, no matter what the Madriga, you come to Vesamikdash to receive Taira, uh, whatever, that's, that's ready for Hakel. That's not the point for right now. But you see such an Indian, everyone has a chasar. So this means 
So Amalek is built into the system, yeah? So this Tarumis is a serious thing. If every, no, it's one thing if it's possible not to have a chasarn. So I don't have a chasarn. So then if I have a chasarn, if I have some deficiency, that's on me. I have no one else to blame. So I don't have to be attacked by Amalek. Uh, if, if I, uh, it's on me to fix all my chasarnas. But that's not the case. Everyone has a chasarn. That's just the nature of, that's the nature. So what, so what do we do with Amalek? So it's like this. Take a look at Marmok number five. We'll go step by step. First of all, first, first idea, and this is something I mentioned uh, we taught in Shabbos Ishbaz when we did this Parshat V'yigash. So the Meshulach in Parshat V'yigash says like this. He's talking about the Homais over there with Yosef and Yehuda, with Binyamin. It's not for now. But the Ishbaz says like this. Kibamas. First of all, the, because of the fact that everyone is born with a chasarin, Kibamas, a person should know, Ein Adam Nenash Al Chasarin. You're not punished. Amalek is going to try to make a person feel guilty. Point number one. I guess point number one is like this. There's no reason to feel guilty over the fact that you have a chassar. Amalek is going to try to pour salt on that wound by not just pointing out the fact that you have a chassar, but making you feel guilty over that fact. By making you feel like a nobody because of the fact that I have a chassar. So the first response to Haman is, yeah, I have a chazar. Ask him. Get, yeah, that, that's called being a human being. That's why we're here. The Rav made us in this world with chazarinus on purpose in order for us to struggle to do the best we can. We're not punished and we're not held accountable over the fact that I have a Yetzirah, over the fact that I have a chazar. That's not, that's not, that, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no reason to be ashamed about that. There's no reason to feel any sense of discomfort over yourself. That, that's the nature of, of, of being created. That's the nature of being created. Only God is perfect, and you're not God. And that's fine. So I have to come to terms with the fact that I'm not God. And that's why, in, in truth, the fact that I'm Moloch is even trying to make this a point of, of, of uh, um, that, that, that you should feel guilty over it is coming from such gaiva. That's why the word Amolik equals bigamatra, the word rum. Rum means to be haughty. Why? Because really, you think that you should be God. And the fact that I have deficiencies in my life means that I'm not God, and that's what's bothering me. What type of guy is that? Why, why do you expect to be perfect? Should, so he says, so you're not punished, and it's not held against you over the fact that you have a deficiency. What's held against you is the taina, to, to bring that deficiency out in reality, to give in to that chesarn, and allow that chesarn to fester and, and manifest. In a, that's a taina. That, that's the time. But tarum, no, there is no such thing as tarumas. There's no such thing as tarumas. There is no tarumas. It's, it's a dimyan that Amalek creates. Amalek doesn't really exist. There really is no kitrig against a person over the fact that you have a chasarn. Not only is, that, is it not something that's held against you, in Ishbitz we find he takes it a step further. It's actually a badge of honor. This is already a chiddush. In Maramaka number six, the Ishbitzer in Parshish Bamidbar, where, where the Pasuk over there is talking about um, all the Nisim, you know, preparing uh, what you call it, and eventually bring Korbanas to dedicate the Mishkan. So it goes through each name. The Ishbitzer says in Mardagazach, each name of the Nasi, of the head of each tribe, the Ishbitzer Darshans, and a lot of them are rooted in Chazal, that each, each name is Marames to something wrong with each Shevet. Chasar in each Shevet. It's an interesting thing. You'd have to pick that the Nasi of that Shevet, his name should probably represent what's great about that Shevet. But it's Dafka what's missing with that Shevet, what's wrong with that Shevet. It says like this, Hainu. 
Because every Nasi was the Nasi, because he was able to pinpoint exactly what was missing, what's the emptiness, what's the sleepfulness of his Shevet. Not only is that not something to be embarrassed about, that's actually the source of your perfection. Is what? Is the fact that you're imperfect. What does it mean? Ki ikr shleimus adam. The real shleimus of a person is who? Kishiyakir is chesrainai. When you can recognize and truly embrace the, the, what's missing, what's what's broken, what's 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 chaser in your life. Kamashah kasev. You quote the pasuk, and this pasuk is mamish berem. It says in pasuk yakar michachmo mikavet that what's more precious than wisdom and honor is sichlas maat. Is a little craziness, a little sichlas, a little insanity, a little shtos. That's perm, right? The whole day of perm is a, you know, of, of sechlis mat, a little shtus, a little craziness. So the sechlis mat represents your chesaren. Not only is that something not to shy away from, that's actually to be embraced and to be proud of. Why? <laughs> that's that's much from right? Not only is Amolik completely, it's irrelevant that Terum is, and it's not something to be, it's Adarab, it's to be celebrated. We sleep on perm. Sleep on perm. The chesaren is the mile. Why? Okay, so this, this is already hard to explain, taken in different ways, but in a certain sense, you know, the greatest, how do we, how do we say this in a nice way? You know, the, 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 the perm story, hmm. a major theme in the perm story is um, a healthy relationship or or what you see is an unhealthy relationship between husband and wife, right? I mean, Achashverosh is not the, uh, you know, he's not the classic example of a good husband. Right? That's not, not exactly what's going on. The only thing over there is uh, the opposite of Shalom Bayes. In order, the, the, our great, the, greatest, the greatest description, the greatest, the greatest description of our, the deepest description of our relationship with God is one of Chasen Kala. That's what it is, right? Shabbos is a Chasen Kala. Shir Shir is Chasen Kala. It's all Chasen Kala. Chasen Kala means, again, the Rabbanu Shalom, we can't speak on his side of things. We can only speak on our side of things. In our side of things, we have to feel ourselves missing. How, how could you truly can, give yourself over to the Rabbanu Shalom if you feel that the Rabbanu Shalom is just like, it will be great if, if it works out. And if not, not. That's not, that's not, that's not, how, that's not real Eskashas. Real Eskashas has to be that without this person in my life, I cannot, I, that, I, I cannot go on. Emptiness. In emptiness. There has to be a chasarin in order for there to be, again, uh, but in my Mosgar, and you know, in parentheses for those that understand, the Kalah Yisrael have to make themselves Bechinas Nukva. And Bechinus Nukfa demands a Bechinus Chesar. That's, that's the nature of reality. And the Chesarin is what allows there to be a real Hiskashus. Let's put it this way, in, other, in, uh, in different terms that maybe is a little bit more easier to understand. The, the deepest description that we could come up with for ourselves in terms of our bond with Urban Shalom is that we were created. See, let, let, let me take a step back. Why is it that we have to have this Chesarin? Like, why is it that we have to have this chesarin? Why? Why couldn't the Rabbanu Shalom? The answer is, the, 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 there's a boy, right? The Rabbanu Shalom is the creator, and we're the created. So obviously, there has to be some demarcation point. The reason why we're inherently deficient is because we are created. 
But that's, our, that's, that's the greatest thing you could say about us is that we're created. See, if, there, if, there's, if we just exist and God exists, and it's just a matter of us finding God, okay, then we could be perfect. But the very fact that we're imperfect is a simon. That's the stamp that means that we were created by Hashem. And to be created by Hashem is the greatest pride. It's the greatest, it's, it's, it's the greatest simon of Hiskashas is the fact that we were created by God. Because what does it mean to be created by God? It means that Rabbi Hashem was constantly creating us. If we're constantly being created by God, it means that, of course, we have a, a sign on us which indicates the fact that we are not God. That's, that's our chasarin, but that's our greatest shlemus at the same time. The, what allows a person to experience the deepest vacus is the fact that you have something missing in your life. First of all, it draws you to find perfection. And on a deeper level, it's the simon of the fact that, that you are being infused with life. You know, the, the fact that I am deficient means that I am not self uh, I don't have a self-sustaining system keeping myself going, right? Because there's something inside of me which is broken. So clearly, it's not, I'm not a self-contained system. So where is my life force coming from? Where am I coming from? The answer is, I have a boy right. Boom. There's no greater tvekas than that. You have to have a chasarin in order for it to become clear and obvious to you that you, de- that you are dependent on a higher being which is perfect. And that dependency is ongoing and everlasting and unchanging and cannot be broken. The chasarin itself is the simon of an unbreakable bond between you and the bayre. Because if you did not have any chasarin, okay, then there's God and he's over there and I'm over here and I'm self-contained and he's self-contained and we happen to have a business deal together. I give him mitzvahs and he gives me even more good things. But, but be'etzim, do I need him? No. Be'etzim, am I dependent on him? No. Be'etzim, am I connected to him? No. But because you're missing... Because there's, there's, there's huge gaps in your personality, there's huge gaps in your life, and you don't have your own existence. So that means that everything that I do have is completely not generated from within myself. It's generated from God, which means that I'm constantly connected to Him. There's no way out of that relationship, you understand? If I would be a Dover Shalim, if I would be whole and complete, then in theory, I could stand on my own two feet and be disconnected from that other Dover Shalim called God. But the fact that I'm not a Dover Shalim means that I need the Rabbani Shalom, and guess what? And I am dependent on him. Because if it wasn't for his constant gaze and his constant focus on my life, I would fall apart. How do I know I'd fall apart? Because look at me, I'm almost falling apart right now. So, so the only reason why I'm not completely a, pu- a puddle on the floor is because the Rabbani Shalom is keeping me going. There's no greater level of attachment than that. I mean, Haman's, again, that's why I said it, it's gaiva. It's real, the fact that a person might... My, the, the fact that Haman tries to evoke tarumis within the person over the fact that you're not complete is coming because Haman and Amalek does not want to be connected to Rabban Shalom. But if you want to be connected to Rabban Shalom, then the greatest gift you have is the fact that you cannot take care of yourself. The fact that you're imperfect. Because if I'm perfect, then I don't need the Rabban Shalom. And that's the last thing I want. I want to need the Rabban Shalom. I want to need him. That's the greatest simon of the Vegas. So you wear your chasarn as a badge of honor. Again, not to you don't again you don't bring out your chasarn, but you keep you keep your deficiency at its most minimum, you know, uh, energy level. You know why? Because it's it's it needs to be there, and the purpose of it is to is to embody this inyan, which is that you are imperfect, you are deficient, you are not self-sustaining, which means that you are constantly connected and dependent on the rebbeinu shalom, which is the greatest gift of all. 
So that, that's the Indian of Chas Nikala, it's the Indian of Bechinus Nokva, it's the Bechina of having a Chasarin is the greatest mile itself. Now let's go back. Based on this, we could explain why these memras, we start with two memras of, of Chazal, right? Rav has said, yeah? yeah Rav. Does that mean that ultimately it, the goal is not, I mean, we're working towards perfection. So is it that we are never meant in life to perfect that Chasarin? Like, we spend our time working on it, but we will never actually fully eradicate it because we need it to, to still exist, or we should actively recognize that we, sh- we should always have it, work on it, perfect it, but know that it will always be there? Whatever, see, the, whatever, whatever I think my chasarin is, it's deeper than that. Whatever I think my chasarin is, here, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Um, there's a story in Chumash, it's one of the, you know, the story of Pinchas, right? Pinchas goes in and kills Cosby and Zimri. So there's a tar from the Ishbitzer. The Ishbitzer said that Cosby, uh, I mean Zimri, Zimri was not a, was not a push of the Yid. Zimri was the Nasi of the tribe of Shimon. Zimri was a, was a very chosh of a person. And Zimri, his taina was, Zimri's uh, Indian was that Zimri said, that this Yetzirah he's feeling to do this Avera, that's his inherent chesaron. And with all the Hishtalus in the world, he cannot overcome it, which means it's the Ratzon Hashem, and, and this is ultimately my badge of honor. And Pincha says, you can't make that decision. You can't make that decision. Whatever you think your chesaron is, and you say, I, well, this is insurmountable? No, it is. And then, because there's always, there's always something deeper behind the scenes. So this is, this is all, again, I'm not going to say this is all in theory, but the point is what that chasarin is that's completely, completely uh, beyond your reach to fix is not what you, what's in front of you. It's always around the corner. And what's in front of you is being generated by what's around the corner, by that chasarin. But it's always around the corner. And again, that's not something to therefore have terumas about. Adraba, that, that's, that's what, that's what, we're created, and we're not the creator. That's part of the deal. We're not, we shouldn't be concerned that we'll perfect ourselves. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. That's all, that, but that, but that, that, again, this is why Purim is a, is a yontif. It's infinite, right? It keeps on going forever. It keeps on going forever. Because the, the, because the Rabbi is infinite, and we're going to constantly be trying to get closer and closer and closer, which means that we're always getting closer and closer to that chesar and to fix that chesar. But ultimately, it becomes v'nahapechu. It becomes a badge of honor. The Ishbitzer even said in one place that, that, that the reason why Pinchas, that Pinchas might not have even chapped all the oimik of what Zimri was, was claiming. Zimri was much older than Pinchas. And so he might not have chapped all the Aymek what's going on, but Pinchas just sees, you're doing an Avera, it says in Shulchanach, don't do it, and finished. So there's a certain, yeah, you have to be a Nar, you have to be a little bit childish to be able to not uh, fall into this Indian of, well, maybe that is my Chassan, right? Maybe, maybe this Avera that I'm drawn to do, I have to do it, because otherwise, if I overcome it, you know, the guy that, it could be a very from Yetzirah, right? If I overcome this Yetzirah, and I don't do this Avera, maybe that's called fixing that chasarin. Mm-hmm. And then I just, I just avoided myself out of existence, right? Don't worry about it. 
Don't worry about it. Because whatever you think that chesarin is, and you're, whatever, you're, whatever you're capable of fixing, which is everything that's in front of you, is not that chesarin. It's being generated by somewhere else. It's, it's, a, deeper, it's a deeper place. Let's, let's explain. The, the, the Balha Membra that revealed these secrets to us, which is, again, the Lashon Hara of Haman, which itself becomes the badge of honor, the chesarin becoming the Mila. And this inning of Tarumas was Rava. Yeah? This is not a coincidence. The word Rava, the Rizal reveals to us, we'll see in a second, the word Rava is the same letters as the word Be'er. A Be'er is what? A Be'er is a well, right? A spring, a spring. A spring is a hole in the ground, right? It's a chasarn. something is missing. But you know what comes out of that missing place? Fresh water that sustains life. The site of Rava, the site of Be'er, is the Bechina of of Nukva, the Bechina of, of, of a well, of, of, a, of a chesarin that's actually a Dover HaShalim. It's the Shlemus of chesarin itself. See what I mean? Take a look at Marmokin number seven. There's a famous Toysin in Brachas Gilmud Aleph. We say every day in Davening, in Kaddish, Yehishmei Rabbah, Mavarech, Olamai, right? Yehishmei Rabbah, Mavarech. So what's the Taich? What's the Taich? What does it mean, Yehishmei Rabbah? Yehishmei Rabbah, what does that mean? Rab is spelled Reish Beis Aleph in Aramaic. So he says like this, Shapir is from Machzor Vitri. So Taisus quotes in Brachas, famous Pshat from the Machzor Vitri, Talmud Ravashi, that Yehesh Mei Rabbah, what does Yehesh Mei Rabbah mean? Shizut Tfilosh Anu Mispalim, that we are davening by Yehesh Mei Rabbah, Shiyamali Shemoy, that the name of Hashem should be full, should be full. What does that mean? Kedach Siv. It says in Pasuk regarding Amalek, Kiyad al Kes Ka, right? As everyone knows, that Hashem said, right? That as long as Amalek is around, the Rabbanu Shalom's name is not complete. If Mechias Amalek, when Amalek is destroyed and eradicated, then Hashem's name will be complete. And that's what you davening for when you say Yehei Rabba. It means Yehei Shmei, Shmei is Shem Yudkei, Shmei, Shem Yudkei, Rabba. The name of Yudkei should should expand, it should become full. That Hashem's name should be great and full. Meaning, and, then, and again, this is connected with the Mechiyas HaMolek, which means that the description of Mechiyas HaMolek, the phenomenon of Mechiyas HaMolek means the name of Hashem not just becoming all four letters, but it's described as Rabbah, Reish Beis Aleph, Reish Beis Aleph. Take a look at Maramokah number 8 in Shara Kavanis by Kaddish. The Rizal revealed, this is uh, just one line over there. Gam techaven, a person shav kavana, bemilas raba, shemoisios be'er. Okay, so let's tie it all together. Mechias Molik is when the Rabbanu Shalom's name is full, and that is described with the word raba or rava, reish beis aleph, which the Rizal says is the same letters as the word be'er. So what does be'er have to do with Mechias HaMolek, and the expansion of Hashem's name? Well, the answer is it's all, it's all, all the same thing. Mechias, what does Amolek mean? Amolek means, see, you have a chesar, and that's something to be upset about. That's something to, be, to feel down about. That's something that, uh, that you should be ashamed of. That's called Amolek. What does it mean, Mechias HaMolek? Mechias HaMolek doesn't just mean to wipe out the people. It means to, it means to upend the concept of this tarumas. Mechias HaMolek means that what you thought until now is your chesarin to be ashamed of, Adarabah, it's the be'er. It's the, it's the, it's the emptiness in your, in your life, in your world, through which a wellspring of water emerges to sustain life. 
It's the greatest source of dveikus is the be'er. You're turning, that's in the kiss wherever you find such a thing, that the kavanas of Rabbah, which is be'er, is turning a bar into a be'er. Turning a bar into a be'er. bar is just a pit. A bar is just an empty pit. But you turn a bar into a be'er. Into a be'er. And when you do that, that's called taking the chasarin, and it's taka missing. It's an empty space in earth. But it's an empty space through which life emerges. That's the same letters as rava. It's tafka rava, oysias be'er. The word Rabbah, Yeheshmei Rabbah, that reveals to us this secret, that Haman's Lashon Hara, which is that we're sleepful of mitzvahs, is itself how we celebrate Purim, to be sleepful. And Rav is the same Rav that revealed to us this idea that there's such a thing as Terumas. And that's exactly what Haman tries to say Lashon Hara about, but Adr V'nahapeichu, the be'er that Rav, that the, the bar, that the pit, that uh, Amalek is trying to make us, make us feel bad that we have, Adr becomes the source of uh, a wellspring of water, of life, and and good things, it's all v'na'apichu. That's what Mechiyas HaMolek is. So Mechiyas HaMolek is, is, again, on a deeper level, means this nakud of recognizing that my chesarin is absolutely the greatest simon of my life, that I have the, the sense of tveikas, that I have that iskashus, is the fact that I depend on that iskashus. Without that iskashus, I'd be nothing. I'm barely something now. So gavaldik. So gavaldik. I'll make sure that that chesarin does not manifest and doesn't take over my life and doesn't doesn't allow itself to, to take me away from that Vegas. But other Abba, it's, it's ultimately the source of that Vegas. That, that's Mechiyas HaMolech. Not leaving, again, you cannot, like, just look with, 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 with Shaul HaMelech, he, when you leave one cell left, it'll regenerate. You have to completely eradicate HaMolech, completely. And the only way to do that is V'nahapichu. It's the only way to do that is to take the Tarumis itself and turn it into a Milo. Because if you don't, if you don't take the tarumis of a mullah can turn into a mila, then there's always the possibility left. There's always the possibility left. And the chasarin has to be turned into a mila because the chasarin will, will always be. And so that's the ultimate chiyas The ultimate chiyas is be'er. And who bury it? You have to, you have to turn, the, the, turn the chasarin into a mila without changing it, but you turn it into a mila. You turn it into a be'er. And that be'er becomes a be'er ma'im That's again also why in Chazal, and Tanakh, and Shir Shirim, the Jewish people are Mayan, Ganim, Be'er, Mayim, Chaim, as the Kala of the Jewish people were called the Be'er of the Rabbanu Shalom. Why are the, why are the Jewish people in Shir Shirim, in the way of Chassan and Kala, described as a Be'er? Because that's what the Be'er means. The Chasarin itself, which is the source of our Dveikas, that, that's, that's the simon of our Dveikas, that's the source of our life itself. No. The Rabbanu Shalom, that all the Chasarinists that we all find within ourselves, we should feel that that there should be any club uh, in the world, club in Sayakim. You know, everything should be uh, and to go only good things. Rachman Rabin.